Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Kara's Cure Show, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I have a question for you. What did you put on your face today? Are all those creams and potions that we have really necessary, or are they just a waste of money? Well, today I am speaking with dermatologist Fane Fry, who is the author of The Skin Care Hoax, How You're Being Tricked into Buying Lotions, Potions, and Wrinkle Cream. Thank you, doctor, for being with us. Thank you for having me. So are you saying that most of the time we're buying stuff that we just don't need to buy? I am saying that. You don't need to buy the overwhelming majority of uh, products that are on the market. And so, for instance, a a lot of us care about not aging, right? Or preventing, uh, we're all going to age, but let's say we want to prevent aging. Um, Is there a way to do that, that uh, in the world of dermatology is actually real? Or are we just wasting money? Well, you said it. We're all going to age. And we know this. I'm just reminding people of the obvious Um, As far as cosmetics, remember, I'm talking about cosmetics, and cosmetics by law are not designed to really change the function or structure of your skin, because if they were that, they would be drugs, and by law, they would have to go through the FDA. So I'm talking about eye creams and night creams and age-defying creams and anti-wrinkle creams and anti-aging creams, and all those cosmetics that flood the market, um, they're fun, Um, they smell nice, a lot of them, people enjoy them, and that's fine. But if you are expecting them to set the hands of uh, time back 20 years, I think you're going to be very disappointed. So let's talk about uh, some of the things that you do think work. You have a whole website dedicated to what works, what doesn't. Um, It's not paid by any of the companies out there. It's just you putting out information as a dermatologist and one is an old standby you say one product that actually is worth our money is just pure petroleum jelly well yes you're right i don't work for any manufacturer and i don't sell any products but i do test them i have been testing objectively skincare products to make sure they work so the skincare industry is a great industry um karen it makes a lot of really great products products that when you put on your skin can hydrate the skin and, and optimally functioning skin is hydrated. So moisturizers are, are excellent. Um, and so my website, Fryface, F-R-Y-F-A-C-E, is full of um, products we recommend by nationally and internationally known brands. These are products that we've tested and objectively have been shown to increase water content of skin. So I love the industry. And I think there are some really quality, well-formulated products on the market. Um, But that doesn't mean we need most of the ones that are on the market. Uh, You mentioned petroleum jelly. Uh, It's a great gold standard uh, product. It is greasy. So a lot of people aren't going to apply it from their neck to their toes twice a day as a moisturizer. But I do believe it's the most versatile product on the market because you can use petroleum jelly for so many things. Um, runaway eyebrows, chafed skin around a nose if you have a cold, uh, as a lip as a lip gloss or lip balm, a moisturizer for the lips. It's great to insert your earrings if you can't get the you know, post in the ear. You can put a little Vaseline or, or petroleum jelly there. Um, you can use it on elbows and knees and cuticles for the nails. It has just so many purposes that I suggest everybody have a a little thing of uh, of petroleum jelly. And you can buy a big pound, a big pound, 16 ounce uh, jar of it for like five bucks. So it's it's cost effective. 
<laughs> yes, it is only $5. Let me ask you, it's got a cousin that I think people use more now, especially my teenager, Aquaphor. Are you okay with that too, or is there a difference? Well, there's a difference because Aquaphor is 41% petroleum jelly, and then it has other ingredients in it. One is, uh, I believe, is lanolin alcohol, which is um, fine for most, but if you're a sensitive skin person or you have allergies to wool, lanolin is, an ax is a wax ester from a wool fiber, so you might have a little sensitivity. Um, again, the chances of that happening is low, but under un unlike petroleum jelly, 100% USP, which is United States Pharmacopoeia Cosmetic Grade Petroleum Jelly, uh, which is, by the way, when you do patch testing, that product is actually used as the negative control because almost nobody's allergic to it. So products that have petroleum uh, jelly-based products, you mentioned Aquaphor is one. Uh, it's good, but again, you have a little slight increased risk of allergies because it has other ingredients. Okay. Uh, you are a big fan of moisturizer, but maybe not as many as we're all putting on and all the fancy ones that claim to turn back the clock. What do you <laughs> think really does work? I hear it actually costs less than 20 bucks for 16 ounces. Yeah, well, the whole database on Fryface is products that work. You can buy, um, a lot of them test high. Um, uh, Neutrogena HydroBoost tests high. Vaseline in, uh, Intensive Care tests high. The Userin Advanced Repair tests high. These are 12 to 16 ounce bottles that you can buy for, for 11, 12, 13 dollars at your local drugstore, uh, and they're they're very available and they're very effective. As I said, in moisturizing the skin. So a lot of times we buy one for our body and one for our face. Is that a scam? Do we just put the body stuff on our face? I do. I just use one for my face. That's it. Okay. Now, if, That's it. If you have sensitive skin or you're acne prone, what about the whole idea that you need to be oil free or, or hyperallergenic? Sure. Look, my recommendations are for people who have healthy skin. If you're acne prone and you have acne or you get pimples, you know, that is a potentially scarring condition. And you ought to talk to your dermatologist about it. And yes, there will be other recommendations. But for people with healthy skin, uh, there's just no reason to buy all those other products. Anti-aging products, eye creams, night creams, how well they work is primarily based on how well they moisturize. It's how well they increase water content of skin. And so in my opinion, now you just don't eat them all. So a lot of the anti-aging products that we will be told about, we need all these antioxidants and vitamin C and ferulic acid and all these things that will brighten your skin. <laughs> what do you say about all that, that we need a serum? I don't think you do. You know, in my experience, the improvement that you see is so minuscule, it's not worth the time, energy, and money. Um, I'm not saying you get no benefit from it. Some women love that, love them, and they do see a, a little difference. But when you really look at the masses and the amount of time, energy, and money we're spending on all these products, I think money's better spent doing other things and than filling up your cabinet and your vanity with all these products that, uh, you know, just it's just not a significant enough difference, in my opinion, uh, short of moisturizing the skin, I just don't think it's worth it. Okay, so you're a fan of petroleum jelly, a, a fan of moisturizer. The other thing you say mm -hmm. that we absolutely should be spending money on is sunscreen. Sunscreen is by far the most important single skincare product on the market. But keep in mind, sunscreen is not regulated in this country like a cosmetic. It's a it's a it's a drug. It has to prove efficacy and safety. It does get pre-market approval by the FDA. And certainly the filters do, especially, um, um, you know, the, the filters that they use to, to, to make the sunscreen uh, an effective product. 
So that's a distinction right off the bat. Um, and yes, as a, if you want to use the word anti-aging, here's the place to use it because there's plenty of studies that show sunscreen is the best preventive of the signs of aging or getting older, like the r- fine wrinkling, pigmentation, blood vessel formation. So in my opinion, sunscreen application every day, 365 days a year applied liberally is the way to go on all exposed surfaces. All right. So right now it's freezing cold here in Connecticut. We should put on our sunscreen even today. What ingredients should we Mm -hmm. look for and what number should it be? So it should be a 30 or higher. It should be broad spectrum. All the sunscreens on the website have that criteria. So you don't have to worry about it. As far as the ingredients, we have mineral based and non-mineral based sunscreens. I'm a fan of the non-mineral based. I don't like looking white with the white hue. I, I feel the, the non-mineral based sunscreens work very effectively. Uh, I get up in the morning after my morning run and my shower. I put my sunscreen on my face, my ears, and the back of my hands every single day. Um, and I suggest everybody do the same. All right. So everybody, man, woman, child, we should all be wearing it every day, even in the winter, right? Yes. You know, I always use this analogy. We get up in the morning and we brush our teeth. We don't ask ourselves, like, what am I eating today? Do I need to brush my teeth? Am I going to have sweets? It's just something we do. We just brush our teeth, which is correct. That's what sunscreen needs to be like. What about washing your face? There's a whole bunch of different ways we can do that as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. give, us the, the, give us the word on what you have found through your years of research about what we really need as far as to cleanse our sure. face. So again, I'm talking about people with healthy skin. After, uh, after my morning run, I'm in the shower. I wash my face with water. I only use water. I don't use a cleanser on my face. I haven't done it. I haven't used a cleanser on my face for 50 years. Uh, my skin is as healthy as anybody else's. Uh, I did a survey, has to be 15 years ago now. We surveyed 500 women. Over half of them only used water. And it's perfectly fine. There, it's a cultural norm to use a cleanser. Uh, makeup is usually worn off by the end of the day. Um, there's no medical science that proves you have to use a cleanser if you have healthy skin. Again, I'm not talking about if you have acne or you have an inflammatory skin condition, different story. But when it comes to healthy skin, washing your face, and I just do it because I don't want to get my pillowcase all soiled. So I I wash my face. But again, there's no evidence that healthy skin, you have to use a cleanser. If you'd like to use a cleanser, that's fine. I always recommend a mild soap-free cleanser. And the reason for that is the surfactants in cleansers can't distinguish between the oil that you're trying to remove and the helpful lipids, the fats, and the proteins your skin uses to keep itself hydrated. So, you know, the cleansers are, they don't discriminate. They remove everything, um, in which, is, which is why I believe it's not necessary. And there's no science to prove using a cleanser is necessary. But have one. And there'll be, there will be times you, you want to use one. Just water. Okay. I have heard we wash our face too much. So I try to do just water in the morning. But at night with all the makeup, I, I definitely use a cleanser. But what, so if we are going to use it soap free, do you have certain brands you say basically anything we need, we can just get at the drugstore. We do not have to be spending a lot of money on this stuff. Yes, I recommend nationally and internationally known brands because, well, for multiple reasons, they have the resources to make great products. They do, not all companies do testing, but of the companies that do, many of the reputable companies do some testing, which is which is nice to know. 
Um, they have in place what we call GMP, good manufacturing practices, which is probably better than some of the smaller companies that don't have it. These companies are cost, they make products that are cost effective and, and they're available everywhere. It's not like you have to search these things down at a doctor's office if you're on vacation at a small boutique. They're just available. So you get the best um, bang for your buck. Uh, and, and that's why the Fryface website is full of name brand uh, products for, for those reasons. So we can definitely refer people to the website. It's again, it's Fry Face and it's F R E Y Face, right? So Fry Face. No, no, F R. It's F R Y. Just F R Y F A C. F R Y. I'm sorry. F R Y. Fry Face. Yes, your name is F R E Y. So Fry F R Y Face. That you can go to the website. But if you're, for instance, this is something that finally it's all over TikTok. I used to tell my daughter she doesn't need to go to Ulta and buy all this stuff. You know, we need to do some things. But um, CeraVe is something that's finally making its rounds on social media. And that's what I've always used. You can get at the drugstore either CeraVe or Cetaphil. Mm -hmm. I don't know how those do on your website. But what are some of the brands that you think are fine to just go to the drugstore today to wash our face or to help with? Oh, the the L'Oreal makes Olay is great. Johnson & Johnson does Aveeno and uh, and Neutrogena does a nice job. CeraVe, you mentioned, does a nice job. Cetaphil does a nice job. Beersdorf with Eucerin and Aquaphor products. Some of them are great. There's no one brand that makes all great products. I think it's a product by product issue. It's not really a brand by brand issue. There are brands that make products that are pretty ineffective. And even some of the products I just named, I mean, some of the brands I just named, some of their products don't test so well. Um, but they also happen to make some very excellent products. Um, so that's uh, those are some of the name, name brand ones we recommend. So why did you decide to do this? Why did you decide to create a website, not get paid by any of the brands, and test all the products? Oh, that's a great question. You know, th- what happened was a drug rep had come into my office and showed me a new hand cream. And I looked at the ingredient listing. I was into the, I'm into the chemistry of it all. And I looked at the ingredient listing and I looked at her and I looked at the ingredient listing and I looked at her and she said, yeah, I know. It was the same ingredient listing as uh, that manufacturer's body lotion and their baby body lotion. So I looked at her, I said, this is the same product. She said, yeah, actually it's repackaged, which that didn't bother me so much because, you know, you put products on different aisles to increase market share. But what bothered me is it was being sold for 40% more than the other two. And I thought that how is the consumer going to know this? The consumer doesn't understand the ingredient listing, which is the most important part of that of that product. The the information on the product, the ingredient listing is the most important, but consumers don't understand it. What about so we have consumer, right? We have companies advocating for their shareholders. Yeah. And nobody's advocating for the consumer. I said, somebody's got to tell this story. And so I started testing products and mostly for my patients. So they had a place to go to get reputable products that actually worked. Yeah. So you that's and you've written the book also, The Skincare Hoax, how you're being tricked Mm -hmm. into buying lotions and potions and wrinkle cream. So you can get that. And uh, can you get your book anywhere? I hope so. But it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, and hopefully wherever books are sold. That would make me very happy. Right, right, right. And again, the website is Fryface, F-R-Y-F-A-C-E dot com. I know you've, you know, you've been you've been doing this now for decades. You're married. You've got four grown children. So you've, you've, mm-hmm. you know, you've been doing this for quite a while. So I, I appreciate that you're trying to send the knowledge out to people. Let's now do body washes. Um, I don't know. You're going to tell me the same thing that with lotion, we don't need a body wash versus a face wash versus a hand wash. Like, do, what, what about that? 
absolutely. Here's here's my talk about about hand about washing. There is plenty of science that shows hand washing, washing your hands when food preparation, um, when you use the facilities. There is plenty of science that shows the benefits of decrease of spread of disease from hand washing with a cleanser. So I don't want to mislead anybody. But when it comes to actually washing the surfaces of the body and the face, there is very little science that proves it's beneficial. And it is a cultural norm. There are countries that never wash. Uh, They just don't have the facilities. And there are countries where the average person washes twice a day. And there's absolutely no science that shows there's absolute medical benefit to cleansing. It is a total cultural norm. So when you ask about body washing, uh, body washes, yes, the, some of the surfactants or the ingredients that are used to create the body washes compared to the face washes can be identical. Mm-hmm. And so- they're packaged. It's packaged different. Body washes are usually in a larger package. Facial washes are usually in a smaller package. Well, I'm looking at your website right now, actually. And so I, I, I just see, you know, some of the ones, if you just, it's very user-friendly. If you want to pick, like, what are you looking for? A moisturizer or a body wash? What part of your body? So I see things like the brands that we're going to find at the regular drugstores, Eusterin, Original Healing, Aquaphor. Who knew it came in an ointment spray? But uh, as you click on these, then you're going to get information about this. And that also leads me to my next question about men and women. You know, the shower looks like a drugstore because, you know, my husband has the stuff for men in the gray bottles. And then I have stuff that's maybe got some white and pink on it. And I'm thinking, can't we just both use the same thing? You can. Products meant for men oftentimes are distinguished by two features. One, the packaging is usually darker. Yep. And the second is the fragrance. Men like that spicy fragrance that women don't like so much. But I have seen products, and I've tested products, where the average, the, the consumer, the regular consumer body moisturizer was identical. The ingredient listing was identical to the men's. The men's was listed as fragrance-free. The women's was listed as unscented. But when you looked at the ingredient listing, they were identical. They're just the so there's, there's no ingredient that's specific to men, I guess is my point. Well, and speaking of that, isn't it not great for us to be using a lot of fragrances? A fragrance is lovely. It's probably the single characteristic that drives people to buy a product. They like how it smells. But the downside to it is it's probably the um, the combination of ingredients that comp- comprise a fragrance is probably the the biggest cause of allergic reactions or sensitive, you know, skin irritation to products. So it has its yin and its yang. Um, I personally don't go with the fragrance, but it's a personal preference. And if you like fragrance and you know, it doesn't bother your skin, then enjoy it. Yeah. I know at least, you know, if you've got teenagers and the dermatologist is trying to help you with their acne, the, the first rule seems to be like, remove all the fragrance, even in the laundry, like just, you know, I guess, remove it. So, you know, that that's not irritating you. Right. Fragrance has a high allergic potential because of the the ingredients. You know, fragrance can be one of me, one or many of 3000 different uh, different ingredients that can provide, comprise fragrance and it's proprietary information. So the companies don't have to disclose the exact recipe for their fragrance. All they have to do is put fragrance on the on the ingredient listing. So that if you make it fragrance free, it's um, it's probably better for people with sensitive skin or anyone who might have a sensitivity and doesn't want to risk increasing the chance of having a reaction. What about when you talk about ingredients, there's also sites like the Environmental Working Group that really warn us about all of the endocrine disruptors or too many chemicals and mm-hmm. that we need to be aware of those. And they often take 
target at a lot of the products that you'll see on the shelves. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm all for safe products, and I think we all are. But the problem with a lot of those watchdog groups is they don't take into consideration something called dose and toxicity. Um, any any chemical, and water's a chemical, so chemical-free doesn't exist. Uh, this is These are the scare tactics that a lot of the you know watchdog groups use. There's no such thing as chemical-free. Everything's a chemical. But when you talk about any particular chemical, there's always a dose by which exposure to that dose is harmless. So it's not the chemical that's the problem. It's the amount of chemical. And I use botulism toxin as a great example. 3,000 units of botulism toxin and you will die of botulism. But millions of Americans are injecting 30 to 50 units into their forehead to get expressionless foreheads, to get rid of, attempt to get rid of their wrinkles. So it's not the botulism toxin, which by way, by the way, many toxicologists consider one of the most poisonous toxins on the planet. The Environmental Working Group and some of these other watchdog groups would just say, hey, this is a very poisonous toxin. We shouldn't be using it. I don't like that absolute uh, all or nothing um, attitude. You know, chemistry is is doses and we have to consider the doses. A lot of these watchdog groups give information based on limited data by their own admission. When you look how much data they have, they'll say limited or none. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned estrogen disruptors. Soy is an estrogen disruptor, flaxseed, um, alfalfa sprouts, all these, all these, there's plenty of fruits and vegetables that have estrogen disrupting activity. Again, it's the amount of estrogen disruption activity. So the benefit, in my opinion, of using these products in small doses, the way they're used, way outweighs the risk. And again, I'm all for safe products and I think testing is important. But to do these scare tactics where don't use this because it's estrogen disruption, I think we have to ask how much, what's the exposure, um, and, and then evaluate it that way. Yeah, and I guess, you know, it also depends on how sensitive we are. We've seen that, you know, with babies. You'll have one baby that can eat anything and another baby that every time they touch anything, they mm -hmm. get a rash. So um, I, I want to just go a little bit beyond the products for a moment. And, and since we're on that topic, a lot of what's coming out now and what we're doing on Kara's Cures and other shows is that, you know, used to be told when I was a teenager, nothing you eat matters, you know, your skin is your skin. And now we're learning a little bit more about the microbiome and the diet can affect, you know, our skin is our large organs. So when we're eating a lot of things that irritate us, we can end up with eczema or acne or things like that. Can you help us break down in a user-friendly way what matters as far as what we're ingesting and, and how our skin is? Yeah, the science is, 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 is in its infancy when it comes to the microbiome. We'll talk about that first. There's a microbiome in your gut. There's a microbiome on your skin. And the microbiome on the skin, it varies based on where on your body. So microbiome on your face differs than the microbiome um, on your feet. And it might differ uh, as you age and it might differ um, by the season. So it's very difficult to make these, these, again, sweeping generalizations about the microbiome. I can tell you that there's ad adequate science that shows healthy skin parallels a healthy body. And a healthy body, I think there's plenty of evidence that shows and and anecdotal experience that shows a healthy body is gotten by a healthy diet, which is fruits, vegetables, lean, lean proteins, and some, you know, carbohydrates, uh, regular exercise, adequate nights of sleep. And I think there's plenty of evidence to show all that. I firmly believe in laughter. I think I don't have the science to prove it, but I I truly believe that a dose of laughter is um, is good for the, the soul and adds many happy years to your life. 
Yep, I believe so, that. So, you know, it's hard to make, the, you believe that? Absolutely. Well, I think right? also That's... in all this w world of uh, talking about our hormones, you know, they say that when we smile, we relax like 250 muscles in our body. And I'm sure when we're smiling, <laughs> we're hopefully producing some uh, happier hormones. So why not? <laughs> why not? You know, and these are tough studies to have. How do you really prove a food is good for you, isn't good for you? You'd have to have a I group mean, of people have the, eat the same diet, one with that food, one without for a long period of time. These studies are really tough to design. Yeah. And it, it can be individual right. too, right? You know, I mean, some people, you know, they're just not good with dairy. I have heard a lot of dermatologists sort of jump on that bandwagon that sometimes the acknowledgement that dairy isn't necessarily going to help when you're trying to help with acne and things and try removing it to see if you notice a difference. Yes. Well, acne studies with dairy, there were, there were some studies that showed high doses of dairy, not a glass of milk. And these, these folks were drinking many glasses of milk a day okay. or the equivalent thereof. Uh, there was some evidence that that would exacerbate acne. But again, this we're talking about we're talking about science when it comes to a, a skin disease. Yep. I'm referring to people who have healthy skin healthy and trying skin. to clarify what you really need if you have healthy skin. And there's a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I, let's just go back to the simplicity of this. Is if you've been listening to this or watching for a while, we're basically um, debunking a lot of the things. You know, today I, I'm going to confess. I think I put an eye cream on. I put a vitamin C serum. <laughs> I did put some sunscreen, but my makeup also has sunscreen. I'm sure I used a lot of things that um, you would say I don't necessarily need. And, and I think I'm kind of trying to streamline. But if we boil it down to what we really need, and I'm on your website right now, of what do I really need? Um, it's starting with cleansing. You say we might be fine with just warm water. That's it. Mm -hmm. Maybe a mild cleanser. Moisturizer sunscreen absolutely if you're dry and, and that's kind of about it mm -hmm. yeah and a healthy lifestyle and, and that's not the easy quick fix answer i'm sorry to tell you but it is the answer so when people say dermatologist tested how do they do that and, and i know you do your own testing but when all these products say dermatologist tested dermatologist recommended mm -hmm. Uh, that's a buzzword. Remember, the most important information on a skincare bottle is the ingredient listing. You don't understand that. So we have the front panel, which has to say what the product is and how much there is so that you can compare unit price, product to product. But on top, after that, you have a lot of marketing real estate and we have all kinds of buzzwords. So dermatologist tested is a buzzword. There's no standard guideline or federal guideline to determine what that term means. That dermatologist could be one dermatologist, a group of dermatologists. Uh, it could be tested on one person, 10 people, five, 50 people, if the budget allows 100 people. It could even be tested on the doctor or the dermatologist who's selling the product. You have no way of knowing. All right. So that's just one of many buzzwords on the front of a product label that, uh, and I describe a lot of those buzzwords um, in, in the skincare hoax. Yeah, the skincare hoax is a book, and where you basically are saying that if we just boil it down to what we really need, according to what you have tested and keeping things simple, um, we can save as much as 1200 bucks a year. Easily. <laughs> and a lot of real estate in the medicine cabinet that's filled with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> easily, easily. Look, you, you look great. You know, it's funny, I, I spoke to, a, I spoke to 10, 15 different dermatologists and I asked them which products they use, which all these, you know, cosmetics. And almost none of them use the same thing. And I kept saying to myself, if any one of these ingredients was all so compelling, why aren't every skincare specialist using the same one? Yeah. And they're not. Uh, so I, I think it just strengthens my argument.
Well, I want to let everyone know again, the website is fryface.com, and uh, you can check it out there. The book is The Skincare Hoax, available everywhere. And Dr. Fry, thank you so much for being with us on Kara's Cures. Kara, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. All right, I'm just going to rinse my face with water from now on. All right. Uh, so if you, <laughs> thanks for being here. And if you want more information on the cutting edge of wellness, you can follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin. We love to share this content there. Have a great day, everyone, and be well.